the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul says Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And when he did that on Calvary's cross, he was doing so on behalf of every believer who had ever lived in the centuries leading up to that point and in the centuries to follow. So in its broadest sense, the church of God encompasses and includes every believer that has ever been or that ever will be anywhere in the world. Understanding what we mean when we say the church of God. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians looking at the Church of God. We begin with an understanding of what it is Paul is actually writing and by whose authority with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He was Christ's ambassador. And therefore the message that he was writing to them was not his own message, but the message from Christ. And in his scripture, he identifies one point at least where he is giving his own opinion. And some people have said, well, at that point, then we should ignore what he has to say because he's just giving his own opinion. He's not acting as a a spokesperson for Jesus Christ. And let me propose to you that even when those portions where he identifies that what he's giving is his own opinion, we should not altogether discount what he has to say. Because Paul was very mature. He was very wise. He had a very close relationship with God. He knew the heart of God. And so even when he spoke of his, of his own, he was no doubt speaking near the heart of God. Now, it says that he was an apostle by the will of God. It wasn't a matter of him being self-appointed as apostle of God. He didn't get up one morning and say, I'm going to be an apostle of Jesus Christ today. And it wasn't a matter of him being identified by some group, a college or a church ministry leadership board or something like that. And they say, you look like an apostle. Today we make you an apostle. Uh, He was appointed an apostle by the will of God. And this is what we need to take from that. And that is that every true leader of a true church is called by the will of God. And the reason that there are so many churches across America in such poor condition today is that the leadership has not been called by God. They've been called by themselves for whatever purpose that might be. Or they've been called by some church board or some uh, college board or something like that. And, but they've never been called by the will of God. And as the result, they're not speaking the words of God. And the congregations are not receiving the word of God, and they're not being confronted in their sin. Their messages are all of whatever's politically correct and popular and, and sellable and self-help and, and all of those kinds of things. And it's not the true Bible, and it's not the true gospel. And that's one of the reasons why the churches across America are in the condition they are today, and that's one of the reasons why America is in the condition that it is today. The French historian Alexis de Tocqueville wanted to find out why America was great and, and searched across America. And what he concluded is America is great because America is good. And America is good because of the righteousness that is preached from America's pulpits. And when America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. 
And when righteousness is not being preached from the pulpit, then America will cease to be good and America will cease to be great. It is important that we recognize that true church leadership is appointed by the will of God. By the will of God. It continues, Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, when Paul speaks of the church of God, which is at Corinth, I want you to note that it is the church of God at Corinth. It's not the church at Corinth. It's the church of God at Corinth. And every individual congregation to Paul was a part of the church of God, the true church. It's important for us to underline and note that of God, that every true church is of God. It belongs to God. It doesn't belong to a person. And had the Corinthians recognized this, many of the problems that they had, they might not have had, or it might not have been as extensive as they had. But the problem in Corinth is they didn't realize that it was the church of God. The true church is the church of God. It's called the church of God because it belongs to him. He's selected its members, and he's paid for it in blood. Now, the word church when it's used in scriptures, is used as a collective term for the people of God or believers in God. And uh, in its broadest sense, it talks about believers from every time and every place in human history. For instance, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, there it's talking about Jesus Christ giving himself up on Calvary's cross. And when he did that on Calvary's cross, he was doing so on behalf of every believer who had ever lived in the centuries leading up to that point and in the centuries to follow as well. So in its broadest sense, the church of God encompasses and includes every believer that has ever been or that ever will be anywhere in the world. Now, that word, and the word is ecclesia, by the way, which means called out, ecclesia, also refers to a, a people of God as a class or subcategory. For instance, and Paul in Galatians 1.13 says he persecuted the church of God. Well, his persecution was focused on those that were convenient to him. And so that talks about a group, a subgroup, if you will, of Christians. It's also used to describe another subgroup, and that is a subgroup that is identified by their location. For instance, the church of Antioch, or the church of Corinth, or the church in Jerusalem. And it could also be used of an even smaller group as well. The scriptures say whenever two or three are gathered together in his name, he is present there in their midst. And so it might be a church as small as two or three. In fact, some of the churches met in homes. And we know that a church that meets in a home can't be all that large. And yet uh, Paul references the church that met in the house of Philemon and the church that met in the house of Aquila and Priscilla, as in Romans chapter 16. It should be pointed out that anywhere you see the word church in the New Testament, it does not refer to a building or a location. And that's important for us to understand because we as American Christians, Western civilization Christians, have been trained and conditioned to think if somebody says, let's go to church, we automatically think about a building or a location. But in the New Testament, it never referred to a building and it never referred to a location. It always referred to a gathering of believers. So the definition of the church, then, it's brought a sense, is the community of all true believers for all time past, present, and future, from every place. And when we understand that, then we understand the writer of Hebrews. 
when he talks about the cloud of witnesses as we walk the walk of faith. And, he, and that's in Hebrews chapter 12. And that reaches back to the earliest times of the Old Testament and, and includes Abraham, for instance. Remember that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. He was a believer. And the Old Testament is filled with believers. Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and, Sam, and David and, and Samuel and, and the prophets. And these were the witnesses that the writer of Hebrews identified as giving encouragement to those of us who today are walking the walk of faith. Now, it's interesting that about 200 years before Jesus Christ walked the earth, there were 70 Hebrew scholars who, were, who got together, and they were very concerned about something. You see, the Hebrew nation had been dispersed all over the, the Roman Empire. And, and some of the younger generation had not been raised in Hebrew classes and didn't know the language and therefore couldn't read the Old Testament. And so what this group of 70 got together to do was to translate the Old Testament from its original Hebrew into Greek, which is the same language, which is the official language of Rome, and also the same language that we have the New Testament in. And it's interesting that when they talk about the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, about people gathering to worship, the word that's translated is ecclesia, the same word from which we get church. And so those believers that got together in the Old Testament to worship God, they got together for church. Now, scholars would tell us that there is a visible church and there's an invisible church. So, well, what's the difference? Well, the invisible church is the church that God sees. And the visible church is the church that we see. And some people say, well, isn't it one of the same? No, it's actually not because God sees things we don't see. Uh, let me see if I can explain it. God knows the actual condition of people's hearts. And he knows the future. And, and, he, and so he knows the difference between those who today look like Christians and sound like Christians and act like Christians, but sometime tomorrow. And tomorrow might be tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or the next dec decade. At some point in the future, the reality is they're not going to be believers because, as Paul says, they were never really of us. They just looked like Christians and acted like Christians and sounded like Christians, but they were never really of us. And God knows who is really of us. In fact, that's what Paul says in 2 Timothy, the Lord knows who are his. And so the Lord knows who are his. He knows who the true church is. And that's the invisible church because we can't see. We don't know what the Lord knows. All we know is the visible church, the one that we see. And so we know, and Paul knew, that in the visible church, there are occasionally there are unbelievers. Now, they may not know that they're unbelievers, they might be thoroughly convinced that they're saved. There are people today that are not going to heaven that are thoroughly convinced that they're saved. We know that because of what Jesus said. They're going to say, look at all the things we did in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. There are people today who are thoroughly convinced that they're saved when, in fact, they're not saved. And they might look like they're saved to us. They might sound like they're saved. They might act like they're saved but they're not really saved. And so the visible church has always and will always contain some unbelievers. In fact, Paul writes of them, he says, so it gives us some examples, Hymenius and Philetus have swerved from the truth and are upsetting the faith of some. That's in 2 Timothy. And, and he says, with sorrow, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Now, why does he reference these people by name? Because they were significant people. They were significant people to Paul. He had some kind of a relationship with them, a friendship with them. They were significant people in the church. He had to give them a report uh, to the church. This is what happened to them. 
And these were people who strayed from the faith, and those were people who loved this world instead of the world to come. And they were, as Paul says, they were never really of us. Even for a period of time, they looked like they were of us. And some of them might have looked so much like us and sounded so much like us and, and acted so much like us, they were actually elevated into positions of leadership someplace. But ultimately, the truth is that the transformation was not genuine. So the visible church has always contained some unbelievers. In fact, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They look like they're part of the flock. They look like they're fellow sheep. But inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Sober thought to close today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with from Pastor Leighton Sheely as we understand what the church of God is, what it looks like, and how deadly it can actually be. We'll learn more as we continue our survey through 1 Corinthians tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse. In the meantime, if you would like to know more about us, Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, we invite you to visit our website. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your use as you grow in Christ. That website is highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Until tomorrow, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.